I think that is a lot of where the meditation part comes in because what meditation does is it helps you get in touch with, well, helps you quiet all the voices that are going on around you. And it helps you tap into that inner voice, that inner knowing, that inner truth that only you can hear. And it's telling you what is right for you. And so allowing yourself that space to get in there and the ability to listen, to hear it, because it's, you know, intuition is always coming through, but whether you can hear it or not is a different story. Right. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living Podcast, where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife, where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. This week's guest was 48. And in the process of closing her 11-year-old baking company, when her mom passed away suddenly. Mourning the loss of both had her questioning everything. After 22 years of marriage and life, she was wondering where the girl she used to be had gone. Her life was fine, but she felt stuck and lost. And she ended up deciding that fine was definitely not good enough. Lori Seitz is the CEO of Zen Rabbit and host of the podcast, Fine is a Four-Letter Word. She's an award-winning writer, speaker, and broadcaster, and a nationally recognized expert in using gratitude and meditation as shortcuts to success. And I can't wait for you to hear her story. But before we do, I want to take a moment to officially invite you to Midlife Uprising. It's a free online event that I'm hosting from May 11th to May 13th for women who are ready to make waves instead of fading away as they age. I think that's you. (laughs) I'm bringing together more than 30 speakers to offer strategies, tips, and advice to help you get past feeling stuck so you can step into your next chapter with some purpose and excitement. There will also be opportunities to connect with other attendees and the speakers in the community as part of the event. For now, all you need to do is save the dates. That's May 11th to May 13th. And I'll be posting more information soon on how you can sign up. So just keep checking in here or be sure to sign up for my email list and follow me on Instagram for more details as we get closer. Do it. Carve out a little bit of time in your busy schedule to explore what's next in your life. I'm so excited. Oh, and by the way, Lori Zeitz just happens to be one of the Midlife Uprising experts. So you get a little sneak peek today. Okie dokie, without further ado, here's Lori Seitz. Let's go. Hey, Lori, thank you so much for being with me today. It's my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. I am super excited. I found you in Clubhouse and started noticing you there and Instagram and, um, you know, we know each other through Jack Perez of uh, Cool Life. And, right. You know, so cool. I love the meditations that you contribute there. And I'm fascinated with what you're doing and how you got to what you're doing Mm. at this point in your life. What was the journey? 
Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want to know. What was the journey? So I have a background in marketing and corporate communications and some broadcasting because Originally, when I graduated college, I wanted to sit in Katie Couric's chair. And really? Yes. Cool. But I didn't really want to take the path that she took to get there. And that was at the time, the only path what through it was through like broadcast news, like being an on the street reporter to start with. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't appealing to me. So I went into marketing, corporate communications and Loved it. I mean, you know, everything happens for a reason and you're always, you're on the right path. Like there's um, Peter Crone, who's known as the mind architect. Mm -hmm. And he has a quote that the, um, oh, it's what happened, happened and couldn't have happened any other way because it didn't. Ooh, ooh, that's good. You have to think about that for a second, but yes. If it was meant to happen some other way, then it would have happened that way and it didn't. So this is the way it was supposed to be. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I worked in marketing and corporate communications for years, started my first business when it was 2003. It was, uh, called the Zen rabbit baking company. And I was making and marketing a product called the gratitude cookie, which was based on a family recipe. And because of my marketing background, I wasn't looking to be the next Mrs. Fields. Uh I positioned this as a tool for businesses to say thank you to their clients and to people who sent them referrals. So smart. And so, yeah, so I ran that business for 11 years, couldn't quite scale it the way I wanted to. And I ended up shutting it down. And uh, then I was teaching networking strategies for a while, specifically for people who felt intimidated walking into a room full of people where you don't know anybody. Because oh my was gosh, me and who doesn't? Who, who doesn't feel intimidated walking into that room? You'd be surprised. Some people are very outgoing and they don't care. Like oh, that that them at all. That is just my idea of 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 like one of the circles <laughs> of hell. I will just say. <laughs> well, see. I I could have made it easier for you. And, uh, and with that pandemic and nobody was going anywhere and I uh, had some time to reconsider, what am I doing? Like a lot of us, yeah. what, uh, where am I going? What am I doing? What do I want to be doing in this next season of life? And my creativity and uh, intuition were really heightened during this time when we couldn't go anywhere or do anything really. Yeah. And somebody invited me to come do a presentation virtually about gratitude, like somebody who knew me from that other world, from my first business. And so that kind of pulled me back into this whole world of talking about gratitude. And um, I, that's how I, I had created a meditation actually for my, my networking clients on five minutes to help uh-huh. you feel grounded and calm before you walk into a networking event. There you go. So this is fascinating. So I wondered where the name, where does the name Zen Rabbit come from? Such a cool name. Thanks for asking that question. So it was in part, it was because of the marketing, like nobody ever forgets the name Zen Rabbit. Right. But when you really dig into it, the real truth is that I had a stuffed rabbit when I was a baby that my mom put in the crib And she quickly figured out that she could take all the other animals out, but the rabbit had to be in the crib or I wasn't sleeping. And as I got older, there's a picture of me at two years old. I rubbed her ears for comfort. You know how babies do like blankets or whatever. She was essentially my Zen rabbit. 
I didn't call her that at the time, but that's what she was. Right. Yeah. Oh. And so when I started making these cookies for people, they would eat them and be like, oh my gosh, this is so good. This reminds me of baking at my grandma's house. And it would bring them back to this Zen blissful place. Yeah. And so that's how it kind of all tied together. So cool. So cool. So when did you get into meditation? My mom actually took my brother and me to a meditation course when I was 10. Good for and her. Yes, it was an amazing and very progressive thing, I think, mm -hmm. for her to, I don't know, you know, to have found this and then introduce it to us. So I learned how to meditate when I was 10, but I, you know, as I got into my teen years, I'm, yeah, I don't need that. And <laughs> I didn't use it for like another 35 years, certainly not consistently. Once in a while, I would go back to it and do it for a week and then get away from it. And but I knew that if I had practiced meditation, I knew practicing meditation would make my life better, would make it easier, more uh, smooth, just there's so many benefits to meditation. It's, and I it's knew changed that. my, doing it regularly has completely changed my life. Yeah. yeah. I used to dabble and, and do, you know, little, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's one of those things you look back and you're like, well, why weren't you doing it consistently? Yeah. I don't know. It just wasn't the wasn't right meant time, to be, I guess. Cause... Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So after my mom passed away, actually, when I shut down Zen Rabbit Baking Company, um, I had decided to shut it down. And then my mom was diagnosed with an, an acute form of leukemia mm. and she passed away like six weeks later. Mm. And so I was mourning the death, thank you, the death of my mom and my business at the same time. Wow. And that's about when I came back to meditation. Mm -hmm. And eventually a couple years later, got maybe a year or two later, really consistent with it. And now I'm at the point where I start every single day with a meditation. It's almost like, like, you know how it feels to leave the house without brushing your teeth. You're like, wait a minute, something's yeah. wrong here. Yeah. That's how it feels now. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. It, it, 48 was kind of when the rubber hit the road for me too. And I realized I needed to change some my thought patterns and I was really looking at how am I how am I going to do that after all this time you know mm -hmm. and uh so I committed to uh, I just said okay well let's try this for 30 days I started getting up early before my family so that I could have the time that was dedicated to to quiet before all this before the yeah. shit storm hit you know right. and, and all right. the demands started and uh it it made a huge huge difference yeah crazy yeah right and so then you start when you get into it and you're consistent about it you start going well why isn't everybody doing this what's yeah. wrong with everybody else like can't they see how perfect how amazing this is when you're like oh yeah but i didn't do it for the past 30 years either so <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wow. So, okay. So you, so you closed down your business, your mom passed away and you took that as the time to, to get back to that. And what yeah. happened from there? What, what was the, the next leg of that journey for you? I, then I left my marriage. So, wow. <laughs> not right after, um, it took me another four years because his mom passed away 
in there also. And, and we were leaning on each other a lot for, you know, emotional support. That's like a, you don't, it's hard for people to understand. And I think maybe a lot of your listeners have probably been, maybe been to this place where they, their moms have passed away. Mm -hmm. But until that happens to you, you have no concept of how mm, impactful it is. Mm. So we were, and I mean, we had been together for almost 30 years. So most of my adult life, and this is the whole thing of going back to everything was fine. It was fine. There was nothing horribly wrong. It was fine. It wasn't great. Mm. And so all of those things happening, my business, my mom, do I want to live the next 20 years the same way I lived the last 20? That was the question. And what will I do differently? It's a big question. Yes. That's a big question. And and it's hard to leave a marriage when it's fine. Right. It's hard to leave a marriage or any others, any situation. Any situation, right? Yeah. Yeah, right on. It it is really hard to leave any situation when it's fine. I I got married too young, and that first marriage was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but yeah, I realized that I needed something else, and, and without going into too much detail, and it was really hard. It was really hard because I think he's a great person to this day you know there's still a part uh, you know love him um we shouldn't have been married it it, you know but it was it's hard to leave something when it's fine yeah right and so how did you get to how did you get yourself to decide to make the move i think that is a lot of where the meditation part comes in because what meditation does is it helps you get in touch with well, it helps you quiet all the voices that are going on around you. Mm-hmm. And it helps you tap into that inner voice, that inner knowing, that inner truth that only you can hear. And it's telling you what is right for you. And so allowing yourself that space that to get in there and, and um, the ability to listen, to hear it, because it's, you know, intuition is always coming through, but whether you can hear it or not is a different story. Right. And so that was, that was a key piece of it. Like, okay, this isn't, this relationship is not serving either one of us. And we both knew it. I don't think he would have ever initiated though. So it was up to me to do it. Hmm. And I, and you know, that's part of the reason why my, uh, one of my programs is called fuck being fine. Cause you reach this point where you're just like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Like this isn't what I want and I have to do something different. Yes. You just have to say, you know, fuck being fine. And so that's why I, that's why I named it that. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I totally get it. And it's, it's hard to, I imagine that one of the you know, tell me if I'm wrong here uh, in this guess, but I imagine that part of what would keep you from from making that move or honoring that 
instinct is the feeling of, oh, I'm being selfish. Do you think that that holds people back? Did that hold you back at all? Was that something that came up? I do think that is something that could hold people back. And interestingly enough, I think it was the opposite that pushed me to finally say something and, and make the move. It was, I felt like it would be selfish to stay because mm. he deserved somebody who could be all in. Mm. That's a great yeah. way to look at it. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, even though, and I still like worked through a whole bunch of guilt Yeah. about the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but ultimately I think that was what pushed me to finally say, all right, we have to, we have to go our separate ways because this isn't, isn't fair to either one of us. Yeah. But it's especially not fair to him for me to hold on like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Takes a lot of courage. Yes. I didn't see that in the beginning. People were always saying, you're so courageous. And I didn't see it, but I do see it now. I see it as an essential part. I mean, that's why, so my program, the fuck being fine has three components. What I call the trilogy for success. The first one is gratitude. The second one is connections. And the third is courage. Love it. Mm. So COVID, the, the COVID um, shutdown is what had you rethink what you were doing in your business. Yes. Did I hear that right? Yes. Is that when, now you're, when did you start your podcast? My, it's it funny. Was May I just, of this year, right? May, May of 2021, right? Right. So it hasn't even been a full year yet. And it's funny because uh, just yesterday I wrote a LinkedIn post of where were you at this time last year mm -hmm. in, in your life, in your career, in your journey, like looking back at it was inviting people to look at how far you've come in the past year. Mm -hmm. And at this point, at this time that we're recording this, I didn't have any idea what my podcast was going to be about. I was going through a podcast course to learn all the, you know, how to operate, all the operations part of it. But I, I so I knew I wanted to do one, but I had no idea what my topic was. That's so interesting. Because for me, starting a podcast came from my own midlife reinvention um, and, and the feeling of having been stuck for so long in my old thought processes and all the stuff that was getting in my way and bust, finally busting through that made me feel like, oh my gosh, I wonder how many other people are feeling this wouldn't it be great to do a podcast? Because I was listening to all kinds of podcasts. I'm a podcast yeah. junkie. And I was listening to all of them. And I was like, what about a podcast where I interview people who went through the same type of thing where they came up against this point in time where it was like, something's got to change and, and did, you know, and managed to make that change. So you... Was it because of this this Katie Couric um, thing that you suddenly were like, maybe I want to explore that? And so that was there. And then you were like, okay, what would be the topic? Yes, exactly. So I did work in radio. I have some background in in working in radio stations. Uh -huh. But uh, yeah, it was always, I always felt like, okay, there are thousands of podcasts 
what is going to make mine different? Who, and it wasn't so much of like, who wants to hear what I have to say as, as a way of putting myself down. It wasn't that it was just, if I'm going to step into this market, how am I going to, again, how am I going to differentiate Mm -hmm. what's going to be different about this and, and why, why is it needed? So that's where I was working on getting it. I don't say getting it right, but getting it, you know, where's my, so can I ask you what other topics kind of came up as potentials that, that you were like, nope, nope, nope. It wasn't really a matter of no, I'm not doing that. Although I did have an idea more as a clubhouse room. Actually, I think it was after I started talking about the pod uh, after I had this idea for this podcast, but, um, about because I love music. So having worked in state radio stations with all all kinds of genres of music, um, yeah, like what let's let's have a conversation about the songs that bring back the memories. Like bring, you know, what give me a song and then tell me the oh memory God. that you have associated with that. I'm just getting an idea, Lord, because that sounds like so much fun. So I've been questions... thinking about doing that too. And really? maybe we should yeah, maybe we should oh do my like gosh. a cross bread yeah. episode or something like that to talk yeah. about those songs that that you know, that the songs that transport you. It's like yes. a time machine when you hear right. it, right? right? Oh my right. god, that would be so much fun. Yeah. So actually what I did with my podcast, I ask every one of my guests at the very end, what's your hype song? Like in baseball, they call it your walk-up song. What's your hype song that uh-huh. you listen to? So I do incorporate an element of music into it. But yeah, um, I just it. was just going through, going through it. And I was paying attention to the conversations that I was having with friends. And uh, there was a text conversation I had with my cousin who was feeling like, I don't know what my purpose in life is anymore. Her oldest son was graduating college. Mm. He didn't need her in the same way anymore. Mm -hmm. She was questioning what's my purpose and conversations with friends because, you know, so I left my marriage and then three or four other friends followed and Mm -hmm. did the same, like, yeah, well, she can do it. And she didn't burst into flames. Let me do it too. So (laughs) (laughs) you started a trend. I did. You're a trendsetter, Lord. I have traditionally been a trendsetter, so that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So these conversations going on of people feeling and people feeling like from the outside, everything looks amazing in my life. Mm but I'm not happy. So Mm. there must be something wrong with me. And so my goal was to go into it, to help people understand that one, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, your soul is looking for, uh, for purpose and uh, growth. And two, you're not alone. I, I, I'm convinced that everybody feels that way, you know? Yes. Well, that's the interesting thing. So I started this podcast with midlife women in mind as my listeners. Mm -hmm. And then I started finding out and hearing from men who are listening and really enjoying it and millennials. And I have a friend who took a cross country drive with her. I think she's 25 year old daughter and they were listening to it and she was getting value out of it too. That's like so. That's right. So great. It is a universal theme. Yes. Yes. 
That's so cool. That's so cool. I was so tickled when when my uh, one of my sisters in law told me that her son had been listening to my podcast. <laughs> I was like, my nephew's listening to my podcast. That's awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> never have right? expected it, you know. <laughs> Right, because in our generation, we were like, yeah, I'm not going to learn anything from anybody older than me. I got this. Right, right. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So what have you learned about yourself doing this? Like, what have I? Wow. Uh, (laughs) That's a big question. I mean, it's just been everything. As an entrepreneur, to start with, it's that's the biggest journey of personal development you can possibly go on. Jeez, is it not? Is it not yeah. crazy? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what have I learned? I, I think I've, one thing I've reinforced because I've always known this and always acted accordingly is that my life, my friends are crucial to my survival. Mm. I don't know how I would do life without them and they know it and the more people I can get into, I don't the more people I can get into my tribe, but I make friends and value friendships so, so much. That's amazing. That's a great thing to find out about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing I think it is, is, um, trusting, you know, getting in touch with that intuition. It's like, I've Mm -hmm. always been intuitive, but then really, really trusting what is, the messages that I'm getting and following them, trusting enough to follow. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that uh, this whole, I mean, we, we share so, so much in common with, with this. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. What's, um, is there anything that you wish you had known when you started your podcast? let's say? Not really, because it's been such an amazing journey. I, I had, so by the time I finally did launch, I had a very clear picture of what I was creating. I had in terms of the structure and that was partly because of the course that I took uh, for, for learning how to do a podcast, but I knew what I want, how I wanted it structured, even though it actually created extra work for me. I, I'm like, no, but this is how I'm doing it because this mm-hmm. is how I want it. And one of those pieces is I do key takeaways at the end. Like here are the key takeaway. I record it later, but that's extra work, but that's the piece that people like so much. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know that I would have done anything differently with the podcast at all. No, I'm super happy, which is really bizarre because I'm so in the past, I've been so much of a perfectionist of wanting to do things or not doing them because I wasn't sure how they would turn out. But, mm. uh, you know, being so just deciding be in the perfect. beginning, I don't know how that's going to work out. So I'm just shutting it down now. Right. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's such like the, a, a self-protection mm-hmm. move. And then in the end, all you've done is kept yourself from doing the thing you wanted to do. And so, you know, boy, right. we do that to ourselves, don't we? Yes. And I think the thing about the podcast is because I'm so excited, like I love having a microphone. So whether I'm doing a radio interview, a podcast, uh, speaking from a stage, I love that, which is crazy because I was a super shy child and like 
don't put me in front of anybody I don't know. But now I'm like, give me the microphone. But (laughs) (laughs) I, I think the point is though, that when you're doing something that you feel so passionately about, that really lights you up, then a lot of the fear disappears. Yeah. It's, it's exactly what's happened for me. I used to, I mean, I have a theater background, so I've always been okay getting on stage. Like I loved being in a show with a script and costumes and, you know, rehearsals and all the, all the pieces that go together to tell the story and they all come together and then you've got the audience, right? But I actually really love the rehearsal process the mm. best, right? Um, so not scared to go on stage, but I was terrified to speak publicly from my heart, my own thoughts. And, and doing the podcast, um, the re- one of the reasons I didn't do it for two years, for me, it was imposter syndrome. It was, who am I? But doing that, doing the podcast and then getting into Clubhouse, actually, I was like, I need to, I want to be a speaker now. So I took a class, you know, and it's like this gradual progression where I've become more and more comfortable speaking my truth. And it's because what I have to say is driving me and getting me past the fear of looking stupid or sounding stupid or whatever else. It's just like, yeah, but I have this thing I need to say. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think it also has to do with getting older and finding more confidence in who you are. Yeah, I think that is part of it for sure. But I think even more so um, than the getting older and being confident in who I am, it's the, it's like taking all the little baby steps that I've taken, that it's been a progression to get Mm -hmm. me more comfortable. And the confidence that I've developed from establishing new habits, like my morning routine, just being able to trust myself to do what I said I was going to do for myself mm-hmm. gave me this confidence to then, okay, let's do this podcast. Can I keep a podcast going? Can I do a weekly show and manage it and, and, and still have my photography business and still, you know, take care of kids and all the things. Um, and I, it's like, oh, I can do that. So, so that is like a confidence builder, you know? So yeah. every little thing that I, that I've, it's just been like babies. Okay, well, let's try this little thing, you know? Right. Well, when you see success little by little, it builds on itself. So you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I had success with that. Okay, let me try this. Okay, yeah. that's successful. Let me try this. Yeah. And yeah, I was yesterday, uh, one of my business coaches made a comment on a group call about, celebrating your wins, which has been something that I've been talking about a lot in the past, I don't know, six or eight weeks. Yeah. In fact, I was just listening to one of your podcast episodes and I was so relating to this conversation about how we hesitate to celebrate our wins. Yeah. Yeah. So so she said, we we have to celebrate our wins because the more you celebrate your wins, the more you create things to celebrate. It's like, the celebrations build. So if you, if you celebrate, you're telling your brain, Hey, I want more of this. Yes. Okay. I get that. Yeah. And you're training your brain to keep looking for more of that. Cause you're telling it it's important. Right. And to right? do more things that will bring you success to celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's like that whole like so manifestation is one of those words that I feel like is so loaded right yes, that it's it is. it's got this woo woo kind right. of right. thing and what I've what I've come to realize is that manifestation is really just your brain looking for patterns and whatever you're feeding it to tell it it's important it keeps looking for that so if you're telling it you know, if you're trying to resist something, if you're telling it, I don't want that, I don't want that, I don't want that, I don't want to be fat, let's just say. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to be fat, I don't want to be fat, I don't want to be fat. You keep telling your brain this this yeah. message of, right? And it keeps fat, bringing right. you back to that pattern. I don't know, it's crazy the way it works, right? Because because your brain doesn't distinguish between um, not, I don't want to, or I do want to. All it hears is fat. So, right. right. It keeps you in that state. But so I teach um, visualization as well. I teach people how to use gratitude and meditation and visualization for increasing their success, for staying grounded and calm, no matter what's going on around them and, and for building on their success. You know, we live in a society that tells us hard work is the only way to success. And that's not true what are the other tools that we can use? And so we talk about using these tools, but the thing about you, you said GPS, and that's why I brought this up is because when you are visualizing and when you are feeling gratitude for what you want to manifest and often I say, yeah, that's kind of a woo word, but let's also, the other way to say it is um, achieving your goals. Mm -hmm. You are working on manifesting or achieving your goals and you're visualizing that which you are bringing into you know, your reality and feeling gratitude for it as if it has already happened. Mm -hmm. You are magnetizing it to you. It, it brings it to you faster. And that's where people are like, okay, but wait, how does that work? Is it, it's not magic. It seems like magic. It's actually what you're doing is you're programming the GPS in your brain for that. And so, when you're not in meditation or visualizing it, you know, actively visualizing it, your brain is still working and looking for situations to make that real. That's how right, it works. Right. It's looking for, um, oh God, I just lost the thread. I just lost the thread. Um, okay. it's, it's looking for yeah ways to make it happen. Make, it's um, looking for the evidence too, right? Yes, it, the evidence. And the brain, yes. right? It doesn't, um, it doesn't know the difference between like, if you keep feeding it vi the visualizations or the, um, the picture of what you want, it doesn't know, like it thinks it's already happened. Right, right. So this is why athletes use this so much right. when they are visualizing and picturing their race over and over and over and over in their head and seeing the outcome, seeing themselves winning, seeing themselves crossing that finish line, seeing this, the, the time on the, I'm thinking of track athletes, but you know, seeing the time on the, on the, the board. And yeah. It works. Yeah. So crazy. We've got this powerful thing on top of our shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And we, yeah, we need to learn how to better use it. Yeah. I love that there's so many studies being done about it now and so much research being done into neuroplasticity and, you know, what, what the brain is actually capable of and what's actually going on in there. It's so yeah. cool. So cool. Yeah, I'm, such, I'm a nerd stuff. when it comes to... Uh, so am I like, I feel like if I came back in another life or if I like, well, I don't think I could redo it in my life now. Cause I'm not like a, 
science wasn't my strong suit. But, me neither. But, me neither. I'd be, a, I love uh, reading about science, yeah. but I'm terrible with like the scientific method. Right, I'm right, right. <laughs> right, exactly. But neuroplasticity and brain science to me is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, wow. We need to talk again, Lori, clearly. Let's set another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, um, what was I going to ask you? I was going to, I, it, what would be like some, let's say somebody's life is fine and, but they, you know, it's like that little bit of discomfort of like, they know there's something more, they're not sure what it is. What would be like your biggest suggestion for somebody to be able to, to push through that? The first step is to figure out what are your values? What are your values? What's important to you? Because making decisions, if, if you're living out of, out of balance or in your incongruent with what your values are, you're not living your true values, that's uncomfortable, but it, it might be only a little bit uncomfortable. Like, you know, it's fine. Um, but when you get clear on what your values are, and then you can make decisions from that place of, oh, that fits with my values or it doesn't fit with my values. It makes it a lot easier to make decisions and to stand in your conviction. Like what we were talking about earlier about when you are excited about your message, it's easy to step out and share it with the world the same kind of thing when you are coming from a place of conviction of these are my values and this is what I stand for. It's easier to find the courage yeah. to do the thing. We know in our heart what the thing is that we are need to do. We're scared to do it, but we know what it is. We pretend we don't know. Right. Yeah. There, it's that I, I don't know is like the, the, it's the thing that can hold you back the most, isn't it? The, I don't it know. is. And every time I hear that phrase, I think of my friend Janine, who anytime I would say that to her, even to this day, she will say, but what if you did know? Oh, that's good. Shut up. I don't. <laughs> Shut up, Janine. <laughs> exactly. Shut up. <laughs> but what if you did? <laughs> now I have to dig deeper. Damn it. Damn you. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I'm going to ask you your own question. What's your hype song? I have two. One is Carrie Underwood's champion. Uh-huh. I used to, actually I've gotten away from it. So asking you asking me this question is great. I used to listen to it every morning after my meditation, when I'm brushing my teeth, listening to that song, because it gets me hyped for the day. Uh-huh. The other song I absolutely love gets me hyped every time I hear it is Van Halen's Right Now. How's that one go? I'm terrible with song titles. Yeah, I, I can't sing. <laughs> but it's, it's actually, it's Sammy Hagar was the lead I'm singer when up. they were doing the song. Um, uh -huh. But it's about right now, paying attention right now. What's happening right now? What's happening right now? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that one out. All right, right now, Van Halen. Wrote it down. That's it. Okay. <laughs> what would yours be? Oh my goodness, that's a great. Okay, so I'm t like I said, I'm terrible with song titles, but I'm gonna pull up. I have a, I have a playlist on my phone 
called Feeling Good. Ooh. And I play it whenever I need a little a little boost. Mm-hmm. And the first song on there, the, the first two songs, I would say, are my hype songs. Um, I'm Free is the name of the first one. That's by Soup Dragons and Junior Reed. And uh-huh. it's like, I'm free to do what I, I want yeah. any old uh-huh. time. And I'm I like, right, one. I have the choice. Like, it reminds me that there's always a choice. And then Uptown Funk. Oh, I love that song, too. I it's mean, just so, so many fun. good ones. Yeah. yeah. You can't sit still to that. No. You can't, like, listen to that and sit still. I'm dancing in the kitchen in my robe with my coffee. And it's yep. just like, yep. <laughs> Julio, get the stretch. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I oh, love you all it. know way too much about me now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> totally embarrassed. Oh my gosh. So what's going on next for you that you're excited about that's coming up? I'm excited about taking this whole concept of using gratitude and practicing meditation into companies. So working with managers of teams to help them share this information with their teams. Because as we said, entrepreneurship, no greater personal development journey, but people in companies, a lot of times don't have the tools, don't know about the tools. And they're all walking around super anxious, waiting for, you know, what's going to pop out in, you know, pop up in front of me next. Mm. And so being able to share with them how to use gratitude and how to practice meditation to stay calm and grounded, no matter what's going on around them that can change the world. Like that sounds big and dramatic, but it truly can. If you can be calm and grounded in any situation, you're going to make better decisions. You're going to have better relationships. You're going to feel better. Why do you want to feel anxious all the time if you don't have to? Yeah. Yeah. You can tell I'm very passionate about this. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Well, I mean, you know, the, I wish they taught this in school. Yes. I would I, I just, you know, would love to see it taught everywhere. And I think to take it into corporate is a great service. I mean, ha- the world could only get better if everybody right. is tapping into that ability to be grateful and to get to that calm place and to make decisions yeah. from there instead of from the fear-based, right. you know, ugh. Wow, very cool. I'm I'm excited for you. That is so cool. So tell people the name of your program. So my program is called Fuck Being Fine. Which, I love. which is which I yeah, I I'm I'm not sure. I don't think I'm gonna change it for corporate. I might people have advised me that you know it's not gonna fly in corporate, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also the name I work with keep clients privately as well. So uh-huh. yeah, fuck being fine um is the name of the program. It's great. And I love fine as a four letter word. And where can people find you? Yeah. So my website is zenrabbit.com and I'm really active on LinkedIn. So find me on LinkedIn. And as you mentioned, I'm on Instagram as well. All right. Um, oh my gosh. I'm so glad that we finally got the chance to sit down and talk. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Lori Zeitz. Maybe you've tried meditating once or twice and thought, nope, this isn't for me. You know, when I first started, I'd sometimes think I was doing it wrong because 
I couldn't stop my thoughts or quiet my mind or I'd get bored or antsy or sleepy. And I want you to know two things. One, you don't have to meditate for a really long time. You can get the benefits of it in just a few minutes a day, even if it's just a couple of minutes of deep breathing. And two, there is no such thing as doing it wrong. If you just commit to sit and notice your breathing for a few minutes a day, I'm convinced you will start to see the benefits, and I hope you'll give it another try. Hey, check out the 10% Happier app or Headspace or something like that to get started with some awesome guided meditations. I mean, what do you have to lose? Anyway, that's my soapbox for now. If you want to know more about Lori, I'll have that information for you in the show notes. You can just go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast and click on the show notes for episode 94. And hey, remember to mark it on your calendar to spend some time with us May 11th to May 13th in the Midlife Uprising Summit. That's going to be going, well, just, just save those days. I'll get you more information. It's coming soon. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.